Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. He's boring. He's got no personality. He's kind of a he's kind of milk toast, right? I mean, I don't I don't look at Shane Waldron and see a future leader of men. Now, that could obviously potentially change down the road. There's no question about that. He could come out of his shell at some point in time. But every conversation I've had with Shane, and guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the guy's a jerk at all. He's fine, right? He's a nice enough guy. He He was fine to me. I got no beef with the guy. But if you're looking for a future head coach, you're looking for somebody who commands a room. And that is not Shane Waldron whatsoever. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. That is the Seattle radio personality, Dave Mahler, M-A-H-L-E-R. His nickname is Softy. Softy. So that's Softy Mahler. I don't know if it's an ironic one because that wasn't soft. That was pretty uh, yeah, that was pretty hard. That was pretty hard. Being pretty hard and harsh uh-huh. on Shane Waldron. And coming um, in hot. But it's not. It, it is a mauling as well, but it's not M. Uh, uh, yeah, his, I, I, it's spelled M-A-H-L-E-R. Softy Mahler. Softy Long-time Mahler. contributor to the score, I believe. Right. I think that I would hate to see what he would have said if he had a beef with Shane Waldron. <laughs> he got no beef with Shane Waldron, but he can't coach. Yeah. He can't command a room. And boy, is he boring. Not a leader of men. Not a leader of men. Oops. Goodness sakes. Yeah. I go back to though, if you ask any if you ask anybody in the media to evaluate the offensive coordinator they have critiqued for the past three seasons. Yeah. In a football town. What would you be saying about uh what would David not so softy <laughs> Haw be saying about uh Call me Dave. You uh, can call, uh, me about, Dave. call me Dave. You can call me Dave. Um uh, yeah. about Luke Getze? Yeah. yeah, I would say right. well. Short yardage is going to disappoint you. At the press conference, he's going to implicate players and bus toss his quarterback. <laughs> and he's always going to get guys who probably are have to fit into his scheme more than the scheme around his guys. But other than that, I got nothing against him. Oh my God. That's probably he's boring. Say. He's got no personality. He's kind of a he's kind of milk toast. Hmm. The the Seahawks benefited from Shane Waldron being there. Milk toast. <laughs> he might be milk toast. Geno Smith revived his career with Shane Waldron's help. Russell Wilson wanted Shane Waldron to be hired. That's how he ended up in Seattle back in 2021. Hmm. Drew Locke. Dan Wiederer watched the Drew Locke uh, game this past season when he was pressed into action and reported that there was a lot of there's a lot to like about the Seahawks offense. I don't know. It, I, I just think it's amusing how we hear from Softy Mahler, who has nothing against Shane Waldron, but he's not a leader of men. He's boring.
boring. He's got no personality. He's kind of a he's kind of milk toast. Does does Dick Fane feel the same way? That, that's his radio partner, <laughs> and they do a podcast together too. I his radio curious. partner, yeah, Dick Fane. <laughs> Did F- not know that. A I N is he on the afternoon show today? Yeah, they work <laughs> together on KJR AM nine fifty in Seattle. I wonder what he thinks of Shane Waldron. Yeah, I'm curious if they'll talk about it or if they care about it. I mean, they're probably already onto the new uh, administration and what the possibilities are, et cetera. Their take in Seattle seems to be that if Shane Waldron were that good of an offensive coordinator, he'd be in the mix for our head coaching jobs right now. Mm-hmm. And he's not. Okay. All I know is this. He may not be the second coming of Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. But there were other teams that wanted to hire him. Mm-hmm. The Saints were rumored. The Raiders reported. The Steelers yeah. interested. Yeah. There, one of the reasons they opted to hire him is that he started to get a lot of action. And rather than go with a second round of interviews, they felt that he was the guy they talked to that they could hire. And they didn't want to go through secondary interviews and lose the guy. I think. I mean, that's my yeah, take on it, given I, the fact that he was about to interview was explained too. all these other uh, teams. So it's kind of good. They were um, 17th in scoring last year. That's middle of the pack. That'd be an upgrade for the Bears, I think. Ray is in Orland Park. He's got a good take on it. Hey, Ray, how you doing? Hey, Ray. Hey, fellas. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. Stay safe out there. The roads are pretty slick. Right. Uh, just, just a quick point that the, the guy from Seattle made. Aren't the Bears fans all worried about the coordinator being hired away because some team will pick him up, just like Ben Johnson's going to get picked off by the Lions or something like that? Don't we want a guy who's not hireable as the head coach to be here a while to run the system? Ray, I love you, but no. The man with no personality can't get a head coaching job, so he's going to be with Chicago for a good five years. Ray, thank you for the phone call. I like this. This is the way I look at that. You know this. Why would you hire somebody who's mediocre enough to be here a while? Um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about him getting hired because well, he's not that impressive. Yeah. Come on, you're ideal for the job. Hire, hire someone that you don't really want because <laughs> if they leave, you won't care. You are so average. You are right? perfect for this job. Yeah. We, we, we love how extraordinarily mundane your thoughts are. Always, Come on down. Always marry an ugly girl. That's the only kind. She'll never, ever leave you. And if she does, you'll never mind. Is that the philosophy? It's poetic. Yeah. This is a poetic hire. Uh, no, you don't. You want somebody yeah. who's going to. This guy gonna... has no personality. He's not a leader of men. Let's bring him into milk our toast. organization. Not a milk toast. <laughs> now I'm quoting softy. <laughs> I'm quoting softy all morning he was, long. He was strong. He was he strong. He did very well. There's nothing soft about that There's take. No. That, that was, there wasn't much. No. There wasn't much kind of wiggle room around I, that kind of not, not at all. accusation. Yeah, he's no, not a leader of men. He can't. I mean, didn't he say he's got the personality of my cell phone or something? Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Something along well, those wouldn't, lines. Wouldn't you love to be in the Lions position right now anticipating having to replace one of the hottest offensive coordinators in the league because he's going to become a well-paid head coach within a matter of weeks. That's where you want to be. That's where you want that's what you want to do. You want to hire people that conceivably could replace you. Mm-hmm. You want to hire people that people are going to want to hire away from you. Yes, you don't want to settle. Don't settle. Enough settling. 
Let's try Mike. He's in Orland Park. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, I was just wondering what you guys thought about, like, the Bears possibly being in the mix. I don't know. I don't think they are. But uh, with Derrick Henry, and I, I just think that would be, you know, because I, I think if uh, the Bears don't get him, I got a feeling he's going to end up in Green Bay. Oh, boy. I don't know that they're in the market for Derrick Henry in Green Bay, and I don't think he's coming to Chicago. Mm. I, I just would be surprised at that move. We, I, we don't know Shane Waldron's offensive vision, and we don't know necessarily. We do know what he did for Kenneth Walker. Mm. Did a nice job of allowing him to flourish in that offense when Kenneth Walker has been healthy. So I don't know that Derrick Henry in Chicago makes a lot of sense at this stage of his career. Do you? Well, he's um, he's 30 years old. Um, you know, Derrick Henry was a fantastic player. I just don't know how much are you talking about paying him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where are you at with your running back position? Where is anyone in the league at with the it's, running back it's position? Not it's a been, premium position. No. Any longer. Yeah. That was a story of this season. But I, I don't think that Derrick Henry – with the Bears is something that might gain a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a lot of miles on those tires. Yeah. 2,030 career carries, 9,500 career yards. Oh, he's, he's been phenomenal. He's, a, he's just a big, strong man. He can run over people. He's, you know, it, it, to, it, to a certain extent, it's kind of what you used to hear about Jim Brown, mm-hmm. where he was like the biggest guy in the league at that position, and he's just mowing people down. I don't know that um, that, that age is well in the NFL, and I don't know where the Bears are at with their uh, running backs. I think they're going to keep um, you know, the, uh, the Texas running back they draft. Roshan Johnson is going to be a contributor. going to be a part of it. You know, it, it was surprising a little bit when they, you know, Devontae Foreman is not coming back here at all, right? Surprised at what happened with that well, season. Well, that just ended. A little disappointing. And it was like. Kind of vague yeah, for the reasons. Yeah, but I mean, he was Didn't mad fit about in. something. He was mad. There might be something going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But Luke Getze, you don't know. And then as can, far as. as you can know, we blame it on Luke Getze? Um, blame everything Khalil on Luke Herbert. Getze. What, what's the future for him? I don't know, Do but know? I've never been. I think Khalil Herbert is is a guy that you can have on your depth chart. He's yeah. a good guy to have contribute to your running game. I, I think as a featured back, if you have him, then you're going to be always kind of looking for more. He didn't have the same explosion most of the year. He kind of he kind of got it again, got it back a little bit. Had at some the injuries, end of the year. though. Yeah, bad injury in Washington where he was twisting like a pretzel trying to catch Justin Fields' errant pass. Oh boy, but. Just the way you put that. I What's mean, okay, there. It's it a little softy esque, don't you, you think? You think I was blaming somebody? No. <laughs> Twisted like a I pretzel. I was just describing what happened. Okay. He was twisting All like right. a pretzel, trying to catch a pass that was not necessarily accurate. He's a big physical guy, Derrick Henry. He'd be a great player to have on Hall your team. Hall of Famer? I don't know that you're paying him. You're not paying 30. him. If no. he gets 10,000 career yards, is he in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I think Derrick Henry could make a case for the Hall yep. of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not in the Chicago Bears roster next year. They don't need that.
you can draft a running back. You can you can sign a running back in free agency at a relatively modest price. Any David Montgomery's out there? Yeah. Um, we have a texter saying that you know he'll take Waldron over Getsy personality wise. <laughs> he doesn't even know him. He just doesn't want to have the same thing again. And Getsy was a nice enough guy. Well, he's easy. milk toast. <laughs> he, was, he, he was easy guy. To, he was an easy guy to to like. He had a good first year. I do remember the conversation in Chicago. He had a good first year. Worrying about what if Luke Getsy is? Oh yeah, going to be a head coach. Would you? Would you? How are you going to get by with fire Mar- Matt Eberflus? Yeah, Gary Croton. Yeah, same thing. That didn't go anywhere. No, tough gig, offensive coordinator. It's a very difficult job. Tough job. Yep. It's it's the most tenuous temporary job in the NFL and a coaching mm-hmm. staff, even more so than a head coach, because you're always going to be the scapegoat. You've got to be adaptable. And, and Look just, at the blame they put on Getze for everything. Everything. This is the guy that paid the ultimate price with his job so that the coach could stick around. And, and, and I'm not absolving him of responsibility no. because he deserves a, a, a big share of it with the blame pie. The largest percentage is, is served to him. But so much of being an offensive coordinator involves things and the success rate are out of your control. Mm. That's why we go back to our pick six question, or maybe it's the extra point. Next year with the Bears, it's about the talent upgrade that's going to dictate whether or not they're a playoff team or not, more than coaching acumen or ability. I just think that, yes, we have to focus yeah. and fixate on the coaches and the staff and if this is good or bad, but – it's all about the talent at a position, especially the quarterback position. Yeah, I, and I think if you think about it, you know, you, you look at a guy like Shane Waldron, and he was successful with Russell Wilson, yeah. you know, Geno Smith. I mean, it, there's it's different types of quarterbacks, too. So that's usually pretty good. We have a question from a texter who says, if you guys are so smart. How are we smart? What is milk toast? <laughs> it's a word. It's not a thing. It's a word. It means yes. meek. It means timid. It means unassertive, according to Webster. It means somebody that is fearful of confrontation, easily uh, manipulated. That's awesome. Milk toast. Yeah. Asked and answered. You don't have to be that smart. Uh, I got to do is look up your dictionary.com. Uh, but thanks it for is, keeping us honest. Yeah, it's got a Q-U-E. It's not like it's not, milk and toast. It's not calcium. No, it's not like you're eating a piece of toast with a glass right. of milk. Yeah, or yeah, putting it – I'll have some <laughs> – Yeah, that's the kind you put uh, milk you put over your cereal. It just um, sounds like a breakfast thing. It does. Um – Casper Milktoast, uh, a character from the comic strip The Timid Soul, created by American Harold Tucker Webster, uh, it first published in 1924. Hmm. So it's a, it's a surname of a cartoon character, Casper Milktoast, and uh, it became um, a word for, yeah. yeah. Meek. Yeah. Um, the, the character named after the American dish milk toast, a food consisting of toasted bread in warm milk. 
but it's spelled with with a, a Q. Q. Am I? I've never had Q-U-E. milk toast. If that's, I've never really known that to be a delicacy. That's something that I would you know, sample. No, I'm not that boring. <laughs> 309 texter. I like this. Shane Waldron to me is Ron Turner. Um, a safe pick, a safe hire. Yeah, I do. I think it's a safe hire. I think it's a solid hire. Yeah. I don't think you're going to Listen, reinvent a, the game or, or what to do on third and short, but it is a stable, consistent he's hire. He's been calling plays for a few years, right? And that's a good thing to have as a background. You understand the game. He also played for a defensive or he called plays for a defensive minded head coach who wasn't relying on as much kind of wild, cutesy stuff as he was complimentary football. Right. Would you describe the uh, the whole experience in Seattle as kind of a – it's not known for these, you know, wild, unexpected plays, although they threw a pass in a Super Bowl that didn't – That wasn't Shane Waldron's fault. That wasn't. He wasn't even there. No. That but, was Daryl Bevel. But I'm just talking about – Pete Carroll. I'm talking yeah. about Pete right. and the way he – Runs things. I think Shane Waldron, yeah. working for a defensive-minded head coach, has experience being the offensive overseer, the guy that presides over everything related yes. to one side of the football. Exactly. It's a very comfortable environment and responsibility for him to come into Chicago and do the same thing at Hallis Hall. Exactly. It's a good hire. Good I, hire. I don't, you know, I don't care about or he's some cartoon character, or some cartoon character doesn't like him, whatever it may be. <laughs> so let's give the guy a minute. Let's listen to the news conference, and then we'll make fun of Thank him. Thank you, but he's not going <laughs> to dazzle you at the news conference, apparently. <laughs> what? Did he say something? Not a milk toast. Okay. Thanks, uh, Softy. That's, that's his name. We've got a good guest coming up. Yes, we got... Charlie Weiss will join us, who uh, worked with him, with uh, Shane Waldron, both in uh, in New England, and he brought him to Notre Dame as well. So we'll get a feel for Charlie's take on him, uh, what he thinks of him. We'll ask Charlie if he's watched much of the Bears and his take on their quarterback. Do we even call it a predicament or oh, it's just a, a choice? How about right? a luxury? A quarterback luxury. It's a quarterback luxury. Having the number one overall Yes. Pick. Okay. Uh, but we'll get his take on that. Maybe we'll ask him what he thinks of uh, of Bill leaving New England after I, I like these that. many years. Good idea. Charlie Weiss will, uh, will join us next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Our lives aren't like they used to be. They're busier. Early morning Zooms, grabbing coffee to make that in-office meeting, getting to your kid's soccer game on time. Life is different, and so is advertising. To reach any audience, you need your message out there in all media, broadcast to streaming, on screens, and right to the ears of your customers. And that's what we do at Odyssey. Let's build a media campaign that targets the customers you know and want to reach more of. Right here in our community. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
I think you have to have identity for sure, um, but you also have to be able to adjust. Um, you know, you have to be able to stand on something. You know, a run of the football is one of them. And I also think that but being adjustable and adaptable is another one. Getting the explosives, which I think, you know, was referred to um, there is, is obviously how you score points. That's how you score points. And uh, again, we're going to have to continue to grow that way. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is the voice of Matt Eberflus, and he is telling you exactly what you need from an offensive coordinator. Yes, you he need did. The, the ability to run the ball, but yes. you need explosives because right. you score points with explosives. And never in there did he say the offensive coordinator needed to be the life of the party. But – he did suggest that the previous offensive coordinator needed to have signature stuff in short yardage. He did. And he, he was very it, adamant about that back I, during the season. And I think that's the most consistent criticism you could have had for Luke Getty was that on third and fourth and short, there were either things that were too gimmicky, too hard to understand, too illogical. The ball kept going backward when all you needed was maybe three feet. And so that was probably the most consistent shortcoming for Luke Getze. So now they move on. Shane Waldron gets an opportunity, and he comes to the Bears with a track record of success in Seattle. So you do trust what he has done, and you like that experience. Yeah. I, I mean, it, uh, it, it is something we need to examine, and we are delighted to welcome in Charlie Weiss. He joins us now. On the score hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. You can hear Charlie uh, on uh, on his radio show, NFL uh, Radio Channel 88, and that uh, is always fun to do. I was listening to it yesterday, and I called Dustino and said, hey, Charlie Weiss on the radio right now. Charlie, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. How's everyone doing up there in Chicago? Doing well. Yeah, we're trying to figure it all out. As you uh, well know, the Bears have been uh, down and out and struggling, and it looks like maybe they've got um, they got a path to kind of getting some success again. They have uh, the number one overall pick a year ago. They traded. They got this fantastic deal. Will they wind up with the number one overall pick again this year? And uh, and now they've they've gone out and signed uh, Shane Waldron, who uh, of course was in Seattle. He's going to be the new offensive coordinator, and they'll put a staff together, and they got to figure out the quarterback. Charlie, I, I'm curious what you can tell us about uh, Shane Waldron as a coach. Well, Shane, when I went to Notre Dame, I brought Shane with me from New England. Uh, he was war- working in an administrative capacity, and uh, he came with me when, when, when we came. And then he transferred from an administrative capacity to a coaching capacity, and you know the rest is history. I mean, you you can track his tr- uh, track his history and how th- how he's evolved and developed and worked under some good coaches, and then took over took over the offense in Seattle and that's been that's been fairly, fairly successful and I think that when you're looking for an offensive coordinator you, you got to find a fit to start off with and I think that 
obviously that's what the brain trust in, in Chicago feels because it looks to me like they brought in a bunch of, you know, quality candidates and, and, and decided on Shane. He's worked for you. He's worked for Bill Belichick. He worked for Sean McVay. He worked for Pete Carroll. He worked for some really qualified, respected head coaches. What it is, is it about his personality that allows him to ad- adapt and adjust and to change de- depending on what the situation requires? Well, the first thing is, well, let me say, say the obvious things. He's a very smart guy and a very hard worker. And if you don't have those two qualities, it really doesn't make a difference on everything else because if you're not smart and if you're not a hard worker, then you don't have a chance right off the bat. Now, watching him as he's evolved into a a more authoritative type of position as a play caller, he always seems very calm. And that's one of the things that I always think as a play caller you have to be be able to keep your composure because it's easy to it's easy to you know be all excited when things are going well, but it's it's how you handle when things aren't going well and throughout a course of a game that really separates the the good play callers from from the shaky play callers and he is always very composed. That's great because, Charlie, obviously when we talk about uh, a football game, things will go awry on you. Things you thought were going to work won't work. You've got to be able to adjust, and there's no place for panic when you're calling plays. There's, it's almost like a rhythm when you watch a good play caller. Well, that's true. Like Anytime you watch a team that gets delay game penalties, mm-hmm. Delay game penalties are always really to blame two people, the play caller and the quarterback. Because between those two people, you never should have a delay game penalty because the play should always get there on time and the quarterback should always get to the line of scrimmage and the quarterback always should be able to correct a problem that somebody else might cause at at the line of scrimmage. And... You don't see that happening with his offenses, which is a good, which is, which is always a good sign that you know there seems to be a rhythm and a flow, and it doesn't always work. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I put in things that I thought were going to be great and turned out to be a pile of crap. But you know, so <laughs> it it, wor- it works both ways. But but that being said, I think that there's some bit really, you know, deciding who the offensive coordinator. Was going to be was one decision. They they have they they got bigger fish to fry than that one, as far as I'm concerned. Because um, deciding what you're going to do with these draft picks and starting with the quarterback situation is clearly the most pressing issue that you're dealing with there at Chicago. How much input do you anticipate a guy like Shane Waldron, a new offensive coordinator, having in that decision, or do you think that he took the job knowing? what direction the Bears were leaning? Well, I'm sure that it was discussed. You know, I'm sure it was discussed on, you know, now I don't know if a decision has been made, but I'm sure the subject has been discussed. You know, I I know from looking from afar. Now, I'm not in the building, and I don't work with Justin Fields. You know, and I know of Caleb Williams, and I have I know of May, and I know of Daniels. I You know, I know of these guys. 
All, all I'm saying is until you've actually been in the building and know what the brain trust is actually thinking, you know, you or me or I, and everyone else has no idea what they're going to do. But I do know that you already have an asset in Justin Fields. You already have one. So you know what you need to know. At this point, you know what you need to know on whether or not he's going to be your guy or not. And if he's not your guy, you certainly don't want to play those cards because you'd want to market him to the highest bidder. If he's not your guy, you want to make sure that you don't tell everyone, hey, we're taking Caleb Williams. And, you know, that would devalue his net worth. It just, it's just bad business. So I have a lot of confidence in Ryan Poles. I've known him since when he was a young pup as well. I mean, you talk about Shane being a young pup with me. Well, Ryan was, when I was with the one year I was with the Chiefs, he was another one of those young, those young guys in the scouting department. And here he is, the general manager of the Bears, getting ready to make probably the most consequential decisions that the Bears have made in quite some time are what they're going to do in both the draft this year and in free agency because that's going to set them up for the next bunch of years on whether or not they're going to have success or not have success. You're listening to Mully and Hawn, The Score. We're talking to Charlie Weiss. You can hear Charlie weekdays 9 to 11 on airing it out. Sirius NFL Network Channel 88. And uh, Charlie, okay, so you know Poles, he's going to call you and ask you, what do I do here? What no, would you he's t- not going to call just, I'm he's kidding. He has more common sense than that. He's not going to call me. But what do you tell him? Do you tell him? Hey, I saw enough with Fields. Keep him, or did do you tell him it, Caleb Williams might be a guy that is a generational talent, or do you say go through about five of them, make a decision? Well, I would have loved to work with Justin Fields. Mm. You know, I would have loved to work with him. You know, and so, but because I didn't work with him, you know, I don't know the inner workings of the Bears and don't know what they think of him, but I would have loved to work with him. I've seen enough of Justin Fields from from college right through now to think that you could win with Justin Fields. If they felt that way, that I mean, they're in even a bigger power position than if they don't feel that way. Because if they felt that way, think about the resources that you could get for this number one pick. Mm. It, even if you went down a pick or two picks, you know, just think about the resources, you know, the, the draft choices the that you'd be able to get in return for selling this pick because so many people think so highly of Caleb Williams. So, you know, everyone I talk to, I happen to think, you know, I happen to be really high on Jaden Daniels. You know, my kid coaches in the Southeast Conference at Ole Miss, so I've got to see more of Jaden Daniels. And my and my kid was involved with recruiting Caleb Williams when he was living in Oklahoma, so I know a lot about I know a lot about him too, and it's positive in both these cases. But I've I've seen evidence of Justin Fields in the NFL, and tell me tell let me ask you a question. Well, how do you think Jay, Justin Fields would look 
if the guy on the other side of the field from that number two receiver, that number two guy, happened to be Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> how, do you think, how do you think that would look? Yeah. Can you learn accuracy? Can you improve your accuracy in the, at the NFL level, Charlie? As a matter of fact, you can. You know, as a matter of fact, you can. You know, so when people say that, it's a rhetorical question. Obviously, you've made the judgment. But, you know, from working with quarterbacks, you can improve accuracy. That's the thing. The anticipatory throws, those are the things that he has to work on. Yeah, yeah. but you and I don't know what he was taught either. That's true. You know, we don't know what he's been taught in there. We don't know what he's been told to do. We're saying just we're making that based off of the judgment from watching games saying, God, that guy was wide open. Well, what if that's not the guy he was supposed to be looking at? Hmm. I mean, I, I love watching watching analysts sit there and say, well, he obviously missed that one. Not necessarily true because maybe that's not where he was supposed to go based off of that play. I mean, you know, unless you're sitting in there, that's why I'm saying I do not have the insight that they have. I mean, between the GM, the head coach, the offensive staff, they know what's supposed to happen on every play. I mean, your defense all of a sudden got a lot better when they when that when they all of a sudden yep. they picked up this sweat guy, yep. and now now all now you have a legit pass rusher added to that defense. All of a sudden, your defense looked a hell of a lot better. Well, I'm my ask the same question: what, if you want to draft a quarterback, take take the guy that take, take Caleb Williams, take the guy you think is that generational player. But for, before you do that, get the most you possibly can for Justin Fields, so that you so you sell you sell when it's high, not when sell uh, sell when it's low. You don't play your cards. You go ahead and put them on the market and see what you can get for them. Now, if you like if you like Justin Fields, think about the then then you put the draft choice on the market, but don't but don't be willing to go down very far, so they could still get. What the pre one of the premier guys that would help make your team better? It's great stuff, Charlie. Really appreciate your time. Um, we'll let you go. Who you got in the Super Bowl? Have you made decisions yet on what's going to happen this weekend? Well, although Andy Reid's my guy, and I'm rooting for Andy Reid, I think the Ravens look like a, the right now they look like the best team. Hmm. They just look like the best team. Now I'm going to root for the Chiefs to win. But I'm, you know, I think that anyone, I mean, the Ravens are hot. They're playing good on defense. They're playing good on offense, and the quarterback, the quarterback is playing outstanding. Um, I'm really fired up about both these games this week. But I mean, a, a Lamar Jackson Mahomes matchup. Wow. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait till the early game on Sunday. Great stuff, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. We appreciate it. All right, take care. You too. That is Charlie Weiss. That's good stuff. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Should have him back. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, he has a lot of opinions, and he's he, he's able to defend them, and he makes some really strong, good points. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. Dave Wunstead, Bears head coach for six seasons. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. He has the greatest mustache you've ever seen. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause, the mustache. 
when he hanging out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave. D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank you. Next question. <laughs> thank you. Next question. Thank, thank Next question. Much. Dave Wednesday. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always a ton of fun to talk to Coach Wanstead. And he joins us now on the Score Hotline, which, of course, is powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Dave, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything's good. Um, just fine. You know, it hasn't for Florida, and I am in Florida, as you know, uh, it hasn't been Chicago weather, but for Florida, for Florida standards, there's a lot of uh, a lot of grumbling down here, a lot of disappointment when it gets into the 50s and 60s. So, oh, oh you boy. poor guy, yeah. Dave. We got a skating rink for highways yeah. around here. <laughs> it's that's, very, very. That's, frozen. that's what I heard. My my daughter said their schools are canceled again out there. So uh, wow. ice, ice. Yep. Well, we're still we're we're still forced to come in, Dave. Regardless uh, of the weather, what absolutely? What can you do? Uh, all right. So the Bears have an offensive coordinator. They have uh, apparently uh, decided on Shane Waldron. They're probably going to make it official today. Negotiating a contract with him. Uh, this is the obviously Seahawks offensive coordinator, a guy who has done the job before and worked with Pete Carroll for a few years calling plays, and now he comes to Chicago. What do you know about him? What do you think about this hire? And uh, and do the Bears get better as a result? You know what? I uh, My first thought, and I listened to uh, most of Charlie Weiss's interview there, so I heard that. You know, you, you mentioned that uh, that Shane was with Pete Carroll. Well, if you go even back farther than that, Bill Belichick. You know, he was with Bill at New England, England as we know. And and what jumps at me is, I uh, it's going to be a good match, I believe, for Flus because both those guys are defensive-minded coaches, head coaches. And when you have a defensive-minded head coach, the running game, field position. Uh, all those things are very important uh, from a offensive standpoint, sure, but they also help and they complement your defense. And defensive coaches understand that. A lot of these guys that want to throw it 45, 50 times a game, they don't get that. They never get that. They don't care about that. But I got to believe that Shane, like I said, being around Pete, being around Belichick, and even Charlie Weiss, I mean, Charlie – you know, Charlie was an offensive guy, but but he he ran the ball. And when I say run the ball, I'm not talk. I'm, I'm talking about being balanced. You know, just be having a balanced offense uh, to uh, to set up some of the passes, play action, so forth and so on. So I think it was a good hire. Uh, I don't know what he's like from a play caller. I know they had a lot of talent out there at Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, start starting with the running back position. Kenneth Walker III, you know, from Michigan State, and uh, the receivers, obviously, uh, right on down the line. So uh, he's done a good job. You know, he kind of resurrected the career of Geno Smith. We know that. So, uh, yeah, I think I think, uh, I think think it'll be a good compliment to Fluce, and I think that he probably convinced Fluce 
and Ryan Poles that, that he does believe in balance and he understands the run game. What did you think of the process, Dave, going 10 deep? They were denied the chance to talk to Kellen Moore, so that was the 10th candidate. And then the Bears acting as quickly as they did. Some of us may have expected this to go on a little bit, but it suggests that maybe Shane Waldron was sought after by other teams. But overall, the process that the Bears used, how would you evaluate it? Well, I mean, everybody's got their own way of doing things. And, you know, that's not how I've done it. It's not the way Jimmy Johnson's done it. It's not Johnny Majors. It's not the school that I came out of uh, where we always had one or two guys on the staff that the minute that the coordinator left, we knew that this guy would be the next offensive coordinator or the next defensive coordinator and so forth. So, uh, you know, or I had a guy targeted that, that I knew or that one of my close guys knew. Or when we hired Norv Turner, for example, we were looking for a coordinator in Dallas. And I, I went to – Jimmy called me in, and we him, two of us sat there and talked. And I said, hey – when I was at USC, this guy, Norv Turner, who's at the Rams now, he's with John Robinson, Eric Dickerson. Uh, when I was with him at USC, this guy understands the offense. He can call plays. He appreciates the run game. So Jimmy brought him in, bang, and we hire him. So, you know, we, we've just done it just kind of with an inner circle mentality. Not not necessarily who's the best on the board. Some of these guys can get on the board and, the, you know, Drop thousand plays. It's it, a lot has to do with people too. I always wanted people around me that I could trust, and I knew had the same off the field type of character that I was looking for as on the field. You know, when we talked to Charlie, he suggested trading down. We've talked about this before. The idea being, you could get, you know, you could go a short distance and pick up a lot. You could trade down a couple times because they got a bunch of picks. What's your thinking on building this team? Do you do you look at the quarterback position as sort of the the opportunity here, and do you have to decide whether you want the first one or another one? Um, where are you at with, with, with where they're at with all these opportunities? Well, you know, as times go, as time goes on, I mean, I'm – to be quite honest with you, I'm I'm on my heels a little bit with Caleb Williams. You know, I saw his, some of his performances this year, Notre Dame, a couple games. I was disappointed a little bit, but I I hear all these personnel people's. I you know I'm good friends. You know, Rick Spielman worked for me. Mm-hmm. We worked together. I hired him down in the Dolphins, and I respect Rick. I think he really knows what he's doing. And, you know, when he starts saying he'd take Caleb Williams over Peyton Manning at, at that time, not <laughs> right, today. Right, right. Uh, uh, that kind of puts me on my heels a little bit. And, you know, I, I start saying, wow, is this guy that type of player? If he is, you better draft him. You know, I, I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is right now. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not to that point yet where I can stand on a table and, and start rating these guys. But, Boy, there's a lot of personnel people that have been doing it a long time and have had a lot of success that, that think this guy is uh, is that good. So, boy, you know, yeah, you trade out and, and build up around Justin. You know that I've been a Justin Fields fan from the get-go. The other thing I think you got to look at is, okay, we got a new offensive coordinator now. What's he going to do with Justin? Okay, tell me about your quarterback run game because if you're not – committed to a quarterback run game with Justin Fields, boy, you you're you are cutting off 30, 30 to forty percent of what this guy can do 
better than maybe anybody in the league. So I don't know. Does Shane have that type of background? Has he ever done that before? If he's more of a conventional quarterback, which Belichick was where he was, uh, Charlie was where he was. Charlie can say what he wants, you know, about Justin. But I know that, you know, uh, having competed against Charlie, you know, it's been more of the drop back stuff. And same thing with uh, Pete. Now, you know, Russell Wilson, everyone's going to say, well, Russell Wilson had quarterback runs. He had a few naked when he kept it and stuff. Absolutely. I'm not talking about Russell half the time he scrambled. He scrambled the throw. He would tell you that. I'm not running to run. Right. So so that's the thing I, I think is this guy, is he is he ready to uh, to dive in with some real commitment to some quarterback runs with Justin Fields? Because for Justin to be successful, he's got to do that, in my opinion. All right, Coach, we're going to come right back with you. We'll talk some more about this stuff, and we'll get your take on the defensive coordinator position when you – when you're a play caller on defense, we'll be back with Coach Wanstead next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Hey, it's Dan Bernstein. And I'm Lawrence Holmes. The Bernstein and Holmes Show, middays 10 to 2 on the score. We're still reacting to what was an incredible weekend in the NFL with the divisional playoffs. Plus, it looks like the Bears have a new offensive coordinator. We'll keep getting intel on Shane Waldron. Bernstein and Holmes, 10 to 2 on the score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, it's Mully and Haw for Window Nation. The brutal cold, well, it's more icy today than strictly cold, but we're still near freezing here in Chicago. Spring, it's not right around the corner, so go ahead, touch your windows. Do they feel feel cold to you? Is there a draft coming in? Are you sick and tired of messing with the thermostat? You need to go check out our friends at Window Nation. Yeah, today's reminder that winter is still here. If you've had enough of bundling up in layers of clothes and blankets and all the stuff, hearing the heat turn on for the fifth time in an hour, then it's time to talk to the pros at Window Nation. Replace those old windows with quality, energy-efficient ones for Window Nation. Makes it easier and more affordable than you think. Right now, through the end of January, replace the windows in your home and pay no interest for five years. That's a great deal. And on top of that, window. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.